Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. <laughs> welcome, 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 welcome. I love that intro. That's my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, VP of Operations and Everything at World Talk Radio Voice America. Every time he says, now, 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 I just start laughing, which is a great way to start the show. Let's see what the buzz is today. I have got a panel for you that are who are going to make such an impression on all of you in our worldwide listening audience. So let me start with the buzz, and then I'll introduce my panelists, and we'll have them speak right away and tell you who they are. So what's going on here? I have an article from cluster.com. It's K-L-U-S-S-T-E-R.com, not the way we normally spell it. And here we go. The one thing all small businesses have encountered is the fact that people don't know who they are, what they do, or where they can be found. How can a business owner solve this issue? It's easy. Social media is the first step to take. Okay, that's the first quote. I have another one. This is from a blog called dot logograb, L-O-G-O-G-R-A-B dot com. That's a tongue twister. Here we go. Social media is constantly evolving, and it's exciting to think about what it will look like in just a few years' time. So today we're going to ask four bold tech-fueled fempreneurs to predict the future of social media platforms. Wait a minute. I, I hear people saying, what? What's a fempreneur? Who's a fempreneur? Well, I'm going to tell you. Fempreneurs, and they don't like that sometimes they're called mumpreneurs or lipstickpreneurs. I can hear my panel cringing. Are female entrepreneurs who individually on their own or as a group run a business enterprise. Woohoo! So we're going to ask today Tori Dunlap from her first 100K. Mm-hmm. She's been on before. Alicia Kumar, the social project new to the panel. Lorena Soriano, Every Dot One, and she has other companies she'll talk about. And another newcomer, Gina Wincoop, Seattle Refined, for their take on the future of social media in general and about their favorite platform. So I am Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome and here's our topic for today. Fempreneurs speak social media coming of age. So let's have let's go around the table and have each of my esteemed panelists introduce themselves. Tori Dunlop, welcome back and I have a special thank you to you for assembling this wonderful panel. How have you been, Tori? I've been great, Bonnie. Thanks so much for having me back. Delighted, delighted. Tell us a little bit, for, in case somebody among the thousands and thousands of people who listened live, downloaded, clicked when you were on last year with me, in case somebody missed that show, Tori, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do briefly? Of course. My name is Tori Dunlap. I run Her First 100K, which is a money and career platform for millennial women. So I uh, believe I was put on this earth to fight for women's financial rights. So I'm a money speaker and coach, and my work has been featured on Good Morning America, CNBC, Forbes, and more. And so so excited to talk with you and uh, my fellow panelists today. Thank you very much. Again, thanks for assembling the panel. Let's go around one stop around the table. Alicia Kumar at The Social Project. Alicia, welcome to Tech Revolution, the future of now. And Alicia, why don't you tell us who you are, please? Definitely. Thanks so much for having me, Bonnie. And Mm -hmm. so my name is Alicia founder of a media and digital marketing agency called The Social Project, along with a um, community for women out here in Seattle called Seattle Business Babes. And we host monthly educational workshops and events. Thank you very much. How long have you been doing this, Alicia? When did you start? I have been in marketing for over 10 years now, but I opened up my businesses two years ago now. And do you have a problem with mumpreneur and lipstickpreneur? I can hear you cringing. What do you think? Most definitely. We are (laughs) entrepreneurs. All the same. (laughs) Thank thank you. I've been reading articles about that. Women are saying we are entrepreneurs, not just entrepreneurs. We are entrepreneurs. Don't give other names to it. Don't bring us down or add some social commentary to who we are. We're entrepreneurs. I love it. Alicia, thank you for joining me. Lorena Soriano is back. Lorena, I read in one of your email messages that you are shifting your focus. You're going away from Isilon Consulting. Why don't you bring us up to date how you're doing and what you're up to these days? Definitely. Thank you. Well, my name is Lorena Serrano. I am the founder of Every Point One. And a couple of years ago, I left a successful career in corporate America to go back to school and pursue my dream of studying biochemistry. 
And now that I'm a woman of color in STEM, I saw the lack of diversity. So now I work hard every day to change the stats. After creating Isolate Consulting, I have now created Every Point One, where I support women of color in STEM who are struggling with finding resources in a community by creating a platform that highlights the stories and lessons learned of diverse leaders and job searches catered to the modern woman so they can thrive as they change the world through STEM. Thank you very much. STEM is so important. Lorena, I don't know if you're the one. Somebody last year on one of my shows told me that I was an early woman in STEM, even though we didn't use that term, because I was a programmer analyst running a big system for the state of Oregon. And people say to me, you were an early woman in tech. And I said, I was. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't back in the Grace Hopper days, certainly, but I was intrigued that we didn't call it that. We just found we were interested in technology programming analytics fascinated me, Lorena. It's just something that my brain wanted me to do. So there you go. Thank you, Lorena, for coming back. And thank you for telling us about your new ventures. And now we have another newcomer, Gina Wincoop. Gina at Seattle Refine. Gina, welcome to TechRev. That's what we call it for short. And why don't you tell us about yourself, please? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Bonnie. And hello, Mm -hmm. everybody. Um, Yeah, my name is Gina, and I am the assistant editor over at Seattle Refine, which is Seattle's Homo TV's lifestyle website and TV show. Um, so I work mostly in content creation, so that's writing, social media, uh, or helping with TV segments, um, just promoting all things Seattle and fun stuff. Thank you very much. I'll tell you a little secret I don't usually share. I am related by marriage from years ago to somebody who actually designed and built the Space Needle. Let's just leave it alone. You can look up the history of the Space Needle. So there. I still have some family in the Seattle area. Let's leave that on the table. Thank you, Gina. Pleasure to have you on. This is the part of the show where I have asked my panelists in advance to send me a quote about the future. The quote is not their own words. It is not a business quote. It's a quote that's interesting, provocative from a book, a movie, a song, a play, a famous person, a not-so-famous person. So we're going to start with Tori. We're going around the panel and the table in the same direction we started. Tori Dunlap has sent me a quote from Throne Lyrics. Throne is a song by British rock band Bring Me the Horizon. I didn't know this, Tori. Featured on the band's 2015 fifth studio album, That's the Spirit. I'm just going to leave it there. It topped the UK rock and metal singles chart and the US Billboard mainstream rock chart. It reached 51 on the UK singles and 12 on the Billboard hot rock songs chart. There's for research. Here's the quote. Throw me to the wolves, and I'll come back leading the pack. Tori, that's such a strong focus quote. Talk to me. How does it relate to our topic about the coming of age of social media today? Yeah, I think it's proof that absolutely anybody, regardless of your background, can build an audience on social media. And especially, there's there's so much commentary and feedback that you get on social media, both positive and unfortunately negative. And I think it's proof that social media allows you to always rebound. So um, there's, there's so much uh, flexibility to build the life that you want and build the career and business and even persona you want online. And um, this is a huge quote for me in my own life right now of any negative feedback, any haters I got in the past, it's fine. I'll be leading the pack soon. <laughs> I love that. Do you, do you think you're missing anything in terms of confidence, Tori? Do you, do you think you they think there's anything? You, I'm, I'm teasing you. I love that. Leading the pack, and yes, social media can really throw. Where do you get this energy and this confidence from, Tori? you think it's in your genes, or is it something you're drinking? We'll get to that later. Where do you think this comes from? I'm impressed, obviously. Oh, man. I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Alicia Kumar has sent me a quote from Elastigirl and the Incredibles. Helen Parr, nay Truax, also known as Elastigirl or Mrs. Incredible, is a fictional character who appears in Pixar's animated superhero film, The Incredibles, way back in 2004. I can't believe that's 16 years ago. And its sequel, Incredibles 2, from 2018, and she was voiced by Holly Hunter. The character is a superhero who possesses, why not, superhuman elasticity, granting her the ability to stretch any part of her body to great proportions. Here's the quote. Your identity is your most valuable possession. Protect it. Ooh, I'm getting goosebumps here. Alicia, how did you find this quote, and how does it relate to our topic, please? Uh, So just with the authenticity coming through on social media on every single platform, um, along with the 
increase of personal branding that's been happening, I think it's just such an important quote and a reminder for everybody to just show up as themselves um, because we have so much to offer and that's just the best way you can online. And I think that's the future of social media is just coming and showing up as yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, I think there's a famous Oscar Wilde quote, be yourself, everybody else has already taken. Question for you. Let me just pick your brain on something, Alicia, very briefly here. There's been a debate going on for years about if you work for a company and you're doing social media and everybody we know should be a brand ambassador for their company in a very positive way, should you have two profiles, one personal with a different handle? and not indicate where you work and what you do so you can have your personal views on social and then one that you use solely for the company's business. What's your thought on that, Alicia, just briefly? I definitely think that you can do that. Um, I do also think that your values should also align with your workplace and what you are doing um, because it just comes back to your passion as well and your mission, and it should most definitely align. So, I mean, you can. It does get a lot to manage all those accounts, but yeah, I would definitely keep them aligned in some sort of way. Thank you. Very interesting. I appreciate your flexibility in answering my question. We didn't plan this, but you never know when you're on radio with me. Let's go around the table to Lorena Soriano is back, and she sent us a quote from J-Lo. Lorena, I downloaded, I found the lyrics to the whole song, which is fabulous. I've never heard it. The song is Dinero. It's 2018 by J-Lo. And uh, let me read the line from the song that you've selected, but I'm, let, me, let me lead up to it. Here's the lyric. Me and Benjamin Franco stay at the banco, getting checks like Nike everywhere that I go. If you ain't getting no pesos, que esta haciendo, stack it up like Legos, quiero dinero. Me and my man, we stack it up to the ceiling. Calate la boca, let me finish. Every day I'm alive, I make a killing. Yeah, I swear I'm going to get it. And then she goes down to the line. Yo quiero la venta si cincuenta si lo siento. Soy a la princesa San Juan, Puerto Rico. They say money talk, but my talking bilingual. Lorena, how did I do? Was that okay? Perfectly. I understood 100% of what you were saying, so I love it. <laughs> I didn't, but thank you. I, I took French, not Spanish in school, but I, I printed it out so I could see it. So tell me, how did you pick this quote? They say money talk, but my talking bilingual. How does this relate to our topic about the future of social? Absolutely. So social media, it's not a platform that's just available in the U.S. It's a platform that is worldwide, and it has Ah. users from all over the world. So when I think social media, I think diversity. We're able to see into worlds, pretty much from across the world, what people are doing. And with diversity being so important, we know that there's the women pay gap, and there's especially a huge discrepancy for women of color. However, you put social media into the mix, and you now see that there's the influencer side and women are leading the way on this. So this leads to additional income for women. Social media, I think, is actually a way that can go ahead and start changing the pay gap, especially for women. So when they say money talk, but my talking bilingual, especially if you're a person that speaks different languages, you now have a much bigger audience because you're connecting to a whole nother part of the world. So social media equals money. I love it. Very, very interesting. And that goes back to my opening quote, doesn't it, Lorena, about small businesses, new businesses need to be found. They need to be heard. They need to be known. And social business, social networking, social media, there you go, getting people out. Thank you so much. Gina, am I pronouncing your last name Wincoop? Winecoop, how would you like me to say it? Yes, it's Winecoop. I don't know why I said that, because I was sure you were going to say Wincoop. So thank you very much. I'm glad I asked. And Gina sent us yep, a quote no from... Gina sent us a quote from Mother Teresa, Mary Teresa Bojahu Ni, and whatever, she was born with a very long name. She's Albanian. She lived from 1910 to 1997. She was honored in the Catholic Church as St. Teresa of Calcutta, an Albanian Indian Roman Catholic nun and missionary who founded the Missionaries of Charity in 1950, and it grew to over 4,500 nuns and was active in 133 countries in 2012. So here's the quote this is a very emotional quote yesterday is gone tomorrow has not come we only have today let us begin gina oh give me goosebumps on this tell me how does this quote apply to our topic today please 
Yes, I know. I love this one, too. I'm throwing it way back to Mother Teresa, but I find this so applicable because I'm actually in a very transitional period in my life where I'm going to be leaving my job and starting entrepreneurship. So um, I think this is, it's very easy to get scared by entrepreneurship, thinking about the future, you're mm-hmm. worried about everything, but really all you can do is look at your day-to-day and, and make small changes in your everyday to move forward. So it felt very applicable to me um, moving into entrepreneurship. Well, congratulations. And how long did it take Thank you to you. get around to this, discuss- this, this decision to make this leap, leap of faith, leap of energy, leap of focus, commitment, all of those good leaps you're going to be taking? How long has this been brewing with you, Gina? Um, I would say about a year. And actually, mm-hmm. I kind of, um, I have made my social media accounts where I'm following more like women in entrepreneurship. So I'm watching their journey, seeing what they're doing. Actually, Tori has been an amazing like influence on me. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited. We're very excited for you and very happy that you're taking time to join us today. This is great. So yeah, we've heard you. from our panelists. We've heard who they are. We've heard their inspirational, provocative quotes. I, Lorraine, I still love the J-Lo quote. I think that's great. Um, so so now is the time when I'm going to ask a, a quick icebreaker question, although we've already broken the ice. I think we're breaking that ceiling that used to be glass also with these four wonderful fempreneurs, entrepreneurs who happen to be females. Uh, I'm going to ask you what you all were drinking on New Year's Eve because because it's still January, and I can still say Happy New Year, Happy New Decade. Tori, was there anything special in your mug, your cup, your flute, your goblet, your your glass, your whatever you were drinking on New Year's Eve? Anything special you'd like to tell us that fueled you into the new year and the new decade? Oh, it was champagne all night, Bonnie. It was champagne. <laughs> Any particular kind of champagne? Oh, I don't even remember. Not because I don't remember like that, but no, I honestly don't remember what brand it was. No, I had a great time on New Year's. It was, uh, I, I love the New Year's time. I love the ability to reset and, uh, yeah, just feel like, okay, what, what am I thankful for in 2019? What do I want to leave behind? And 2020 yeah. is so far, I mean, what, we're 28, 29 days in, but it's been amazing so far. Absolutely. Good. Glad to hear. Thank you. Champagne is good. And now let's go to Alicia. Anything special you were toasting the new year with? I stuck to my gin and tonic. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a particular brand that you like? You can mention brands on my show, Alicia. Oh, perfect. I have lately been drinking. (laughs) Okay. Glad to hear you had something very interesting, and thank you very much. Lorena, what was in your in your beverage holder? We'll just put it that way on New Year's. Well, let's see. For New Year's, I want to say I was drinking up the conversations and energy Ooh. of the people at the party where I was at. But as far as the cocktail drink, <laughs> I was drinking a French 75. We were welcoming the 20s with a roaring 20s party, so a French 75 seemed very fitting. Well, I have news for you, Lorena. I have been saying for the past three weeks that this is the new Roaring Twenties. You're the only person I've met or heard in the past 29 days who has said something similar. And I have to give a disclaimer to everybody. I was not alive in the Roaring Twenties, the original ones. But I think in terms of tech, in terms of energy, in terms of just forward motion, I think it is the new Roaring Twenties. Was that the theme of the party you said, Lorena? It was, and I actually had two parties that night. Both of them had a Roaring Twenties theme, so it was absolutely amazing. I I always said, I feel like I was born to live in the 20s. Just I love the style, everything that was happening, and to now be alive in the 20s, just like you said, in this tech revolution that we're in, was amazing. So it was great just to see all my friends dressed up and having a good time. But just the conversations that we were having were I know in the 1920s, they definitely were not having these second-use conversations. <laughs> I, I have to read to my listeners, you mentioned a French 75, and you know I looked it up because, well, I can just pretend I knew this in my bartender knowledge that's packed in the back of my brain. But anyway, here we go. French 75 is a cocktail made from gin, champagne, lemon juice, and sugar. So we've got some gin from that Alicia liked. We've got some champagne from Tori. So uh, it is also called a 75 cocktail or in French, a soixante quinze. That's French for 75. The drink dates to World War I, and an early form was created in 1915 at the New York Bar in Paris, later Harry's New York Bar, by barman Harry 
Macalhone, M-A-C-E-L-H-O-N-E. Did you know that, Lorena? Did you know all that about your drink? No, I didn't, but I can appreciate it so much more now. <laughs> You're very sweet. You're very kind. You have to indulge me. I love to do these lookups during a live show. Thank you. And Gina Winecoop, we are up to you. What were you doing to celebrate New Year's Eve? What were you drinking? Well, I mean, my last name's Winecoop, so obviously the answer is red wine. Um, <laughs> but I was with my mom and her friends, and those ladies know how to party, and we were doing tequila shots at midnight, so it was a mix. Wow, tequila shots with your mom. I think that's really cool. You have a, a cool mom. Where is she? She's, are you in Seattle, and she's in Seattle with you, too? Yep, yes, we both live in Seattle, and we're super close, best of friends, love her a lot. Isn't that a wonderful thing to say? I love that. Normally on my shows, we would take a break now, but I'm not going to stop this party because that's what we're having. Our topic, if you're just tuning in, by the way, this is Technology Revolution, shorthand, we say Tech Rev, the future of now. And that's because I'm a firm believer that everybody says the future is here. Well, that was yesterday's future. This is today's future, and it's going to happen After I pause, that's the future of what we just said, and we are all making it happen. I am here with four wonderful fempreneurs. We have Tori Dunlap, we have Lorena Soriano, Alicia Kumar, and Gina Winecoop. I'm saying her name right. So we're talking about the coming of age of social media. I've asked each of my panelists to send me four predictions. We're going to go around the table. I'll take one from each of you, and we'll see how many we can fit in in the next 34 minutes before the show ends. So Tori Dunlap, I'm looking at your first prediction very big keyword here, and I'm going to ask you to relate it to your favorite platforms. You say authenticity is the key to building a dedicated social following. Where does this work best? Tori, talk to me. Yeah, so Alicia kind of touched on this before, but I think that we're going to see more and more focus on being yourself on social media. And I think too many people go into running a social media, running a social media platform for a brand or running it as a business, and maybe they're a solopreneur, maybe they're just by themselves, and they Mm -hmm. think, well, why do I need to include myself? This is just about the brand. And one of the smartest things I did in building my brand is, of course, I talk about money. I'm a money speaker and coach, but I also talk about other things that are going on in my life. I'm open about my dating life. I talk about my celebrity crushes. I talk about my love of fried (laughs) chicken. And I think it's it's been a really amazing experience um, and a kind of a social experiment to go on Instagram, that's my primary platform, mm-hmm. and talk not only about my expertise and talk about what I do, but also talk about who I am as a person and, and my, my highs and my lows and things that I, I really love. And I think in that way, it not only builds, uh, builds credibility, but it also builds trust. Somebody else is more likely to engage with my platform and engage with my content because they feel like they know me. Very, very interesting. What's I'm going to ask you a, a quick question before we move around the table, Tori. What do you see is the is there a boundary between authenticity that builds trust and privacy? How would you advise somebody like Gina who is starting out as as an entrepreneur very soon? How would you advise her? Is there a boundary you keep, Tori, on social, and where do you see those boundaries remaining or shifting or disappearing, dissolving in let's say in the next five years? What do you see? Yeah, it's a great question, Bonnie. I think Thank that you. it's entirely up to the person. What is private for them uh, might be not private for me. But I think when, I, when I'm about to post something on social media, a great question to ask yourself is an obvious mm-hmm. one. But do I want thousands of people to see this? Am I yes. comfortable with complete strangers knowing this part of my life? And yes. sometimes something that, might again, might be private to somebody else, I feel like, no, I'm okay because I've built this community who know me and trust me, I'm okay with them seeing this. And other times I think to myself, no, I'm just going to keep this to myself. Okay, so you're saying it's a personal decision. It has to be made by you before you post or decide which platform you post and how private you want to be, you want to remain. And there is always a risk if people seize on something and come back to you. We'll leave that alone for a future discussion. Thank you, Tori. Thank you for your authenticity. Alicia Kumar, I'm looking at your first prediction. This is an interesting one. You say LinkedIn is one of the greatest comebacks. The platform may just very well dominate a lot of organic reach in 2020. It's the platform you want to be on right now. Build connections, build your expertise, build your brand. Post goes a long, posts go a long way on this platform and definitely trending. Alicia, tell me more. How did you come to this decision? So last year, I 
uptick in LinkedIn, hopped on to see what the buzz was about, and I immediately fell in love. Said no one ever, right? Um, but it was just, it just made a strong comeback. Right. So there was an uptick on then hopped on to see what this was about and just fell in love immediately. It was such a great place and it still is to really gauge an authentic connections with not only people in your own industry, but connecting with people that you might want to work with or connect with for podcasts, um, blogs, really anything. And organic reach on LinkedIn is far better than anything you will find on a lot of the platforms out there because one of your posts can go viral viral way quicker than it can on Instagram or Facebook or um, Twitter. And so, yeah, I think they're still figuring out the algorithm in terms of that, but consistently posting on LinkedIn and sharing a ton of value, I think it's just going to bring the best ROI, not only for your personal brand, but your business as well. Thank you very much. You know, people used to think, I think people used to think that LinkedIn was mostly if you were looking for a job or if you had a job to offer. And now I I see that it's very popular and people are doing a lot of social posts there. So thank you very much for that, Alicia. And we're going to move around to Lorena. And Lorena's, I'm going through the the lyrics to uh, De Niro here. Lorena's first prediction is... Popularity and demand in social media influencers, keyword here, will change from the lifestyle and beauty to science communicators. Lorena, this is a big deal prediction. Tell me more, please. Definitely. So when Instagram started, it was a platform just to share what's going on. You post pictures. It was one of the first apps to allow filter options. And from there, people actually started doing the following, where you're following people that then came the influencers. The main influencers that originated were the lifestyle, the beauty, and the fashion influencers. People were seeing, wow, this is how they do their makeup. This is how they live their life, where they go work out, how they shop, where they shop. And now, like I mentioned, they've dominated the social media pages. However, I feel that science communicators they're now entering the field and they're making waves. Science communicators range from undergrad students, PhD candidates, fellows, and professors who communicate science. Science was always thought of, oh, it's super boring. It's somebody in a lab coat just doing research. But communicating science is just as important to moving STEM forward. But we as a society, we're now smart shoppers, and we want to do our research before purchasing anything new. Businesses will start to reach out to more science communicators to partner with to say, well, this is the technology behind our technology, or this is the science behind our drugs. For example, some great science communicators, I call them psychomers, and that's what's known in the industry. You have this woman, Science Sam, who took us through her PhD, just like Tori was saying. She shared behind the scenes, and she went from 2,000 followers up to 40,000 followers in just two years. She's a neuroscientist and a storyteller. Yeah, you have this amazing woman who is this space gal, and she has actually made a full-time career out of it and has even been nominated for an Emmy um, under TV host. She's done partnerships with Bill Nye, the science guy. So while I think it's great, the lifestyle, beauty, and fashion, businesses are now going to start gravitating towards the science communicators because they're going to be the bridge. Science communicators can communicate with the audience but can also understand the technology and the heavy science or the heavy mathematics and make it very simple. I'm, I'm very impressed with all of that. From just a few thousand to 40,000 in two years, and it was done the right way, right? Not by buying clicks. I'm just going to say something probably I shouldn't. Just by not doing anything behind the scenes. This was done organically and honestly. Is, is this woman amazed at how this has caught on? She definitely has. She was a pioneer. I remember even a couple years ago just reaching out to her, and she communicates with her audience, as do all of the women that I mentioned. But what was really important about them, they were very ahead of the curve, where inclusion is the name of the game for them. They want to make science, or really STEM, accessible to everyone, where when IG stories, Instagram stories came to be, they were always putting captions or explaining because you hear the new trend or something that's going on in the world and they're like, how can I make this simple so that way everybody can understand and not be afraid of it? But yeah, it was all organic and that's the thing. There are so many people right now that are studying STEM 
where they're like, wow, this woman, she's going to be a neuroscientist. Let me see what she's doing. How is she learning? How is she succeeding? So we want to be along for that journey and following along. So it's amazing. I'll have to send you a list of science communicators to follow, but I feel like I hardly go and get my news. I plug into Instagram in the morning and I always just scroll and see, okay, what science facts am I going to learn today and understand? Fascinating. This is fascinating. This is like breaking news, Lorraine. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> it's actually very refreshing. Very, very refreshing to know. Thank you. And you're cer- certainly such a strong proponent and advocate for STEM and I appreciate that. You talking about let's move away from lifestyle and beauty to science communicators. That is a good future focus. Thank you very much, Gina Winecoop. I'm looking at your first prediction. Let me read a little bit and then you can tell us more. You say the emphasis on Conscious conversation and tangible engagement with users and followers. Why don't you tell us more about that, Gina? Yeah, so it's definitely, in terms of my work, it's about building a relationship with people over social media. Um, We spend so much time on social media every day, and to just, especially with my Instagram page, Sailor Find, um, it's so easy to just read your comments and give it a like and, you know, just just graze over it really quickly, but it's so imperative that we actually engage in conversations with our followers and people who consume our content because it creates a relationship and it creates a trust and um, an authenticity, kind of what Tori was saying. Um, so I, I feel like I'm seeing more and more brands moving towards this, using Instagram in a way where you're actually creating real relationships. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Let's go around the table, ladies. I'm going to start on prediction number two. Let's see where it takes us. So I'm scrolling up here to Tori's section. Tori says, very simply, and Tori, again, relate this to your platforms, please. You mentioned your primary is Insta, so let's see where this goes. You say, focus on where your audience is. This is probably good information for Gina as she sets out on her new business project. So, Tori, focus on where your audience is. How do you know where your audience is? Yeah, it's a great question. I think too many people when they're first starting a business think to themselves, okay, I need to be on all the platforms and I need to do all the things and I've heard the kids are on TikTok, so let me get on TikTok. Um, If your audience is not on a platform, I would say don't double down on it. Don't spend time there. So my audience is largely on Instagram and I've seen massive rewards from doubling down on that platform. So I have over 14,000 followers on Instagram now. And although I do post things on LinkedIn and Facebook, I'm reposting things that I posted on LinkedIn. So I'm reutilizing content that I've already posted on one platform and then put it to other platforms. Um, Because my audience is not really on these other platforms, I'm not focusing Mm -hmm. as much on them. So I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's... it's very easy when you're first getting into business to want to do too many things, but especially if you're trying to run your business just by yourself, um, it's, it's a really hard to make time for all of these different platforms. So discover where your audience is. Do a poll about who your audience is. Create a, a persona of who your target, um, target customer is and then figure out, okay, what platform is he or she on? And for me, that platform happened to be Instagram. Very interesting. I didn't expect that from you. Thank you very much. Alicia, I'm moving over to you, and it just so happens, Tori mentioned Instagram, and that's what your second prediction is about. You say, Instagram, it's not going anywhere. Still going to continue being one of the largest platforms, especially building your brand, and that's personal and or business. And you say 80% of Internet traffic is predicted to be video. Insta will be more focused on video content and bite-sized information for people's short attention spans. No kidding. Are the attention spans getting smaller? It used to be eight seconds, the squirrel's attention span. Alicia, talk to me about Insta. Go ahead. Most definitely. So it's constantly growing. um, And when it comes to video content, yeah, 80% of your internet traffic this year is predicted to be from video. That being said, Instagram just actually took away the IGTV button, um, and they're slowly going to on all of the accounts. So IGTV isn't really going anywhere, but because of the lack of use of it, they had to take away the button. So I'm excited to see what they bring out next. I am assuming it's going to be shorter videos for everybody to take in, very similar to TikTok and what they're doing. That's probably their biggest competitor right now when it comes to video content um, and just figuring out a way to keep 
people on Instagram. And so, yeah, that's going to happen. And then pay to plays, we're definitely seeing that in effect right now when it comes to ads and getting your post shown. Um, organic reach is definitely harder to get on Instagram, but at the same time, just creating quality content and providing so much value on Instagram is going to definitely come back for you. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Is this something that somebody like me should be looking at Instagram? I mostly, as you know, I, I tweet for all my business radio shows. I'm on LinkedIn a little bit. Should Is this for absolutely everybody, Alicia? Do you recommend that I get started and, and make short videos and promote my radio content and, and wonderful guests like you and your fellow panelists, your sister panelists today? What do you think? How do you? What's the best way to really get started big time on Insta? Or is it something you do a little bit at a time? Yeah, so I definitely think that your audience is hanging out on Instagram. But one thing to keep in mind is you'll have to be consistent. So consistency is key when it comes to Instagram and just being committed to, okay, I know I'm going to have to do stories and probably post a lot in the first half of starting my account. Um, So, yeah, just if you're going to stay consistent and committed to it, then I would most definitely recommend Instagram. It's a great place to connect with people all over the world and I mean that's one thing I love about social media is we get to share our stories with everybody regardless of where you are. I love it. And talk to me briefly about this bite-sized information. Is this something where you record a quick video? Hello, I'm Alicia, and today I'm going to tell you my success story on Instagram. It's 30 seconds long, and you can go to my post on LinkedIn and find it. Something like that. Do you do it on your phone? Do you hire somebody? Perish the thought. (laughs) How do you do this bite-sized information? Is it 30 seconds? Is it 20 seconds? Is it two minutes? What is your definition of bite-sized? Yeah, so it's anywhere I would say from 15 to 60 seconds. Um, okay. And definitely don't have to hire anybody. <clears throat> Use what you have. I think authentic content from your phone. Um, I've seen some of the ads that are shot on people's phones, just a front-facing camera, and they're some of the best ROI-producing ads out there right now. And so, yeah, use what you have and 15 to 60 seconds. Share behind the scenes of your day, um, what you do, and, yeah, there's just a lot of content out there to be created and consumed. So, Thank you very much. Very, very inspirational. And let's go to Lorena. I'm looking at your second prediction here. And you say companies will, con- will create social media ambassador teams that show behind the scenes ooh, of what it's like to work at the company to help attract and retain new talent. This is interesting. Talk about opening the kimono, which is a phrase that probably, I don't know if any of you have ever heard it. It's an old old phrase, but thinking about that question I asked Tori a few minutes ago about privacy and how much do you want to share. Talk to me, Lorena. Seriously, behind the scenes at companies, what do you think? Who's going to do this? Definitely. I feel like Starting all large enterprise companies will be doing this, large, mid-market, and then small business. To piggyback, actually, off of the conversation that you two were just having is imagine Mm -hmm. if you were hiring a new employer, you were looking to fill a new position. If you have that social media presence, especially you, your coworkers, your employees, and they're talking about this is what it's like, you know, to be technology revolution, Behind the scenes, imagine I come across and I'm in the same industry as you're at. And I was like, whoa, Bonnie is just a ball of energy. She's having fun all the time. I'm going to say, hey, I want to work at this place. So if I see that you're hiring, I'm going to want to apply. And um, the funny fact is my friend Kelsey actually shared a stat with me that shows promise to this prediction. So I'm feeling very confident about it. 45% of consumers are more likely to research a product or service when employees post about it. The old days were, who in my immediate network do I know that works at this company so that way I can start working at that company and they can refer me in? Well, because of social media, the world is a much, much smaller place. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to quickly go on my Instagram, go on my LinkedIn and see, okay, so-and-so works at Microsoft, so-and-so works at Netflix. And I will probably insta-stalk them and see the true behind the scenes of what it's like to work at that company. 
Do they work long hours? Is this person posting that they're at the office still at 9 p.m.? Or do they get to work from home some days? You're not going to see the fluffed up version that marketing or HR may want you to see. You're seeing the true version because so many of us are sharing behind the scenes of what it's like to be us. People will truly get the idea of what it's like to work at that place. So when companies create social media ambassador teams, now it's that true collaboration where the marketing and the HR teams are educating the employees and saying, hey, it's okay for you to share behind the scenes, you know, behind the manufacturing, or maybe you can't share how the secret sauce is made. Mm -hmm. So by having those partnerships, there's going to be more content and they're going to be allowed to post what it's like behind the scenes. Think about it at NASA. You can't share everything that's happening behind the scenes because it's NASA, the government entity. But if NASA partners with the social media ambassador teams, they're going to say, well, out of these 10 things that before you couldn't share, maybe now you can share two things. This will intrigue a different audience. And people will be like, wow, this is truly what it's like to work at NASA, therefore wanting to work at NASA as well. Interesting. I I have a very blunt question for you. What if you have unhappy employees or what if your workplace is really crappy and people are grousing all the time? I didn't get promoted and my manager won't approve this and nobody listens to me. How do you find the ambassadors where they will have a, a positive, authentic message, obviously, Lorena, that will not tick off, and that's not the word I really want to use, not tick off the other employees who were there in the background saying, she said, what about how great it is to work here? How do you resolve or balance the quote-unquote authenticity of what it's really like to work there with the public face of the company? I, I think it's a blunt question, but I'm hoping you can answer me. No, I love that you asked that question because social media has changed the game for all of us. Back mm-hmm. in the day, if I had an issue with an airline where maybe they were late or something happened, who was I going to call a 1-800 number? Now, I'll yeah. go on Twitter and I'll post about it, and you better believe that within an hour, a representative from that company will reach out. It's the same thing here for those disgruntled employees, where if I'm constantly bashing my company, companies should actually welcome that because now they get to see what it's truly like when higher-level management they sometimes don't know what it's like to be on the ground floor. But because of social media, you now will get to see that. And companies shouldn't try to hide it. Instead, it should be like, okay, red flag. There's an issue here. Let's address it. So I think they should welcome it, and they should really truly see what it's like and learn from it and improve. Otherwise, they're going to keep losing employees if they don't do anything about it. Very interesting spin on that, Lorena, right there at the end. I love your answer. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll just tell you a quick story. I took a job as a marketing director for a large real estate company in New York years ago, and the interview was great. I love them. They love me. I arrived on the job about two weeks later, and the woman I was going to be working with looked at me, and she said, I don't like that they hired you. I'm not going to let you take away anything I've already been doing. I'm going to make your life a living hell. It's not going to be fun here, and I just wanted you to know this is what you walked into she looked me right in the eye and said it and that was my first day I I went outside we had cell phones in those days I went outside and called my mother and I said oh crap what did I do why am I here it was that frightening so that kind of thing would that kind of thing make its way into social media today Lorena would it dare what do you think oh absolutely and Ah! the good news is that that, that experience that you shared, well, I do still believe that it happens. Social media, I actually think, has brought women together because we're now, it's the empowerment, but it's how are we going to change the world? It's you're my sister, you're not my competition. But I do think issues like that, I have seen it where people, they will go ahead and blast, okay, I had a crappy day. This is what happened. But the good news is with social media, people are sharing more the behind the scenes of this is how I do this. This is how I do that. This is how I got this to work. So they're sharing the life hacks so that mm-hmm. way people coming after them can leapfrog and accomplish that sooner. So I would say from the women that we have in the audience today, I follow all of them. And it's always I'm learning from Tori all the time. I'm learning from Alicia. What are the hacks? What did they master? And having their behind the scenes, it's like, okay, cool. She put it. And in 10 seconds... I now learned how to do this. 
Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I want, didn't want to spend that much time with you, but you had so much I wanted our audience to hear. Thank you, Lorena. Gina, you're up next. Gina has prediction number two. She says, create, this is the future of social media, if you're just tuning in, creating a character and a specific voice, let your personality be the brand, or at least part of it. The more a person can become their brand and let their personality shine through, the better the business will be. Gina, as you embark on your new part of your career, your new path, what are your favorite platforms for creating this character in specific voice? And who is your character? Um, yeah, definitely Instagram is a huge tool for me. Um, I would say my brand is a little bit of humor, you know, just talking about the fun sides of life. Um, but it is so important. I mean, when I think about what I'm consuming on social media, mostly Instagram. It's it's the person that I'm consuming. I want I want to know what they're doing, how they're doing it. You know, if they're funny, I'm more um, interested in hearing what they're saying. So I think it's really important instead of you know just posting um, like written stories or whatever that people actually get on the camera, talk to the camera, ask their audience questions. You know, have a an engaging interaction with each other. Um, yeah, use your personality to sell, and then people will buy what you're selling. Thank you very much. And what are you going to tell people that you're selling, Gina, when you start? What are you going to say to people, my new business is, or I want you to follow me, or here's what I can offer you, here are the hacks I'm going to share. What, what's, what's your first message going to be, if you want to preview it with us, if you want to say, to be continued, that's fine with me. Gina? Um, well, I think a lot of the the work I'm going to be doing is freelance writing, marketing, and mm-hmm. social media. Um, and my Instagram is at damgena, D-A-A-M-N-G-E-N-A. Okay. I saw that in your notes. Thank you very much. We will be following you. I got to get back on Instagram. Thank you. Tori, we're going around the table. Let's see if we can get a couple of more predictions in here. I love your prediction number three, Tori. You knew I would. And I think we've touched on this a little bit, but here's something very, very bold. And I introduced my four panelists as bold Vempreneurs and Tori Dunlap certainly is. Tori says, get controversial. This is about the future of social media. So I'm going to ask you for what platform. Get controversial. Take a stand to build a dedicated following. How controversial? Where? What do you dare in terms of controversy? Tori, what are you predicting for this? Yeah, when I say controversial, it's a little bit of clickbait. But I actually spoke about this at an event last night that actually pretty much half the panel or three quarters of the panel attended last night. But... Um, what I talk about is, is don't try to be everything to everybody. Take a stand on something. So for me, um, a lot of the early feedback and kind of flack I got from my business was, why don't you cater to men? Um, and hmm. I realized that uh, I could have, you know, built a personal finance coaching and speaking practice that was for everybody, but really there's a lot of financial information out there for men already. And I wanted to cater specifically to women. That doesn't mean men can't consume my content, but I really wanted to take a stand and say, like, no, this is who I'm for. This is who my audience is, and that's served me very, very well. I think we try to be too many things to too many people as soon as we realize that we might lose customers, but in doing that, what you don't realize is that if you do take a stand, if you have a specific audience and you cater to them, they will become brand ambassadors for you. So rather than trying to hit everybody at like 50%, you're hitting a smaller group of people, but at 100 or 110% because they're fully committed to what you're doing. So when you're either first getting started in social media or figuring out what am I going to do on social media in 2020, feel free to take a stand. Uh, One of Nike's most successful campaigns was backing Colin Kaepernick, and they got a lot of flack for that, and they also Mm -hmm. got a lot of really loyal people to sign up and and be committed to Nike. So feel like you can take a stand, feel like you can um, have an opinion, um, as long as you're you're sure that that's, that's a great move for your business. Thank you very much. We're almost out of time, so I'm going to do something a little different right now. I'm going to ask Tori and Alicia and uh, Lorena and Gina to prepare in their heads a one-sentence prediction on the future of your favorite platform. But before we get to that, Alicia, I'm going to ask you to quickly tell us, you, you, you covered Pinterest in your prediction three and TikTok in four. I want to talk about those. So Alicia, why don't you give me a 60-second answer for prediction three Pinterest, where it's going, a 60-second for TikTok. 
TikTok, and then Tori, I'm going to come over to you for your one sentence all around prediction, and we'll finish up. We've got four minutes left. So, Alicia, you're up. Pinterest, where is it going? So, I was sleeping on Pinterest, but I found out that 82% of users on Pinterest, and it's something like 320 million users on there, are there to make a purchase. Um, So, it's a great place for your brand to not only build brand awareness, but also driving sales. Building your email list, our email list went up 43% within two weeks um, from mm. just from Pinterest and wow. driving traffic to your website. So organic reach is amazing on Pinterest. Advertising is fairly cheap. It's usually around $0.10 cents compared to something like 80 to to $100 per click on LinkedIn. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely hop on there, see what you – it's a search engine as well. So um, people are going on there to search for how to – post on social media, how to cook macaroni and cheese or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, definitely a great platform. Okay, move to, to, move to TikTok. We're, I'm looking at the TikTok clock here. We're almost out of time. Go ahead, Alicia. What do you see for TikTok? Uh, I think it's just going to continue growing in 2020. I am obsessed with TikTok. I think it's just going to video content. People are loving the small bite-sized content. It gives creative freedom to so many people around the world. Um, and yeah, there's billions of users on it right now. So definitely would hop on there if you can. Um, and it gives you the freedom to create whatever type of content you want to be and show up, show up authentically, which is what Tori was talking about earlier and yeah, possibly go viral and (laughs) Thank you. All good things. Thank you. Sorry to put the pressure on you, Alicia, but I really wanted to cover those and that you had them in your in your uh, predictions you sent me. Tori, her first 100K, I'm going to give you one sentence. What's your favorite platform and where will it be by the end of 2020? Instagram is my favorite platform. Um, and I think I agree with Alicia. I think we're going to see more and more video content, but we're going to see Instagram try to directly compete with TikTok. So it'll be interesting to see what they roll out. But Instagram isn't going anywhere. Thank you. Alicia Kumar, favorite platform. Where will it be by the end of 2020? One sentence. Fast, fast, beat, beat. I'm going to stick with Instagram as well for the same reason. The videos, I am loving the authentic connections happening on the platform. Thank you. Lorena Soriano, favorite platform. Where will it be by the end of 2020? Instagram once again. And by the end of 2020, <laughs> it will be in everyone's phone because everybody is going to be meeting through Instagram and making new connections that way. Thank you. Gina Winecoop, one sentence. What's your favorite platform for your future? 100% Instagram. And <laughs> we will be seeing more and more people doing Uh, either full-time work or a side hustle on Instagram in 2020. Thank you. Ladies, I'm so impressed. Tori and Lorena, I told you this last time you were on with me last summer. So impressed with the four of you. I'm automatically inviting you back in a couple months. Early summer, we're going to visit another aspect of your expertise. I think we might do a show on hacks, see what you have to offer for there. I want to thank my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, at World Talk Radio, Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire with the nerves of steel when he runs my show. 57 minutes straight through air and we did it again. Well, it was easy because we had no breaks. And I want to say thank you to all of you for listening. Let's make this show a go-to destination Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel on World Talk Radio, Voice America. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and remember, the future of now hasn't happened yet. Do your part. Make it something great. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh